What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf two weekends ago. Uh, the Zozo. Hopefully your sleep schedule wasn't too messed up with it being in Japan. What did you think of the week? It was awesome. Um, obviously, any chance you can have a, son, a pretty solid leaderboard, all things considered. And, you know, me, I'm a degenerate waking up and watching golf all night, regardless of the time. It was awesome. We had a Morikawa and a Horikawa. What was his name? I can't yeah. remember offhand. Yeah, Rio Horikawa or something like that. It was awesome. No, it was um, Mikumi Horikawa. The oh. guys, it was awesome to see. His interview was hilarious, but feels like forever ago. We had some golf, so I'm excited to get back this week. Yeah, that was a. It does feel like a little bit ago. Um, outside of Morikawa, I'm trying to think. Eric Cole was second place. Bo uh, Hostler, Minwoo Lee, Hossler, JJ Spawn, Grio. Minwoo kind of came out of nowhere, too. I think Minwoo was like T-52 going into the cut after Friday and ended up finishing, what, top five, top six? He was sixth place with a 65 on Sunday. Yeah, there you go. That would do it. So um, any anything stand out for you in terms of, of, of bad surprises necessarily or maybe guys that just didn't have it all together? Yeah, it was really fortunate. All of my guys made the cut, so that was a really good ah. thing. Wow, shocking. You were probably the only, yeah, you were definitely the only person that had all six of you guys make the cut. That's nice. For those who don't know, it was a no cut event. So that was a joke. Um, But no, I had a uh, pretty good week, all things considered. I know we'll get into stuff here in a little bit. My losers didn't lose that bad, and my winners did really well. So I feel pretty good about the week. Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, I, the, the one guy that stood out to me that didn't play well was Hideki. Um, outside of him, I think everybody else else played decently. Hideki just kind of looked like he was middling through it. I will take egg on my face for Bo Hostler, though. I mm. did say that of the seven metrics that I used to look at core statistics for the week, that he fit zero of them, and he finished runner-up. So yeah. egg on my face on that one. But, again, I'll take that all day. He's a good guy. You know, sometimes it happens, and when your misses are misses because you pick the guys in, like, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, it could be worse. I mean, there, there's bigger challenges there. Um, let's go into DraftKings and FanDuel. How'd, how'd your lineups do? Yeah, my lineups were were fine. Um, I think it was a really interesting week because my strategy usually depends on more guys making the cut than placement than anything. I pick a lot of safe guys in DFS. Mm-hmm. So there were guys that I picked that, you know, like EVR at 1600 in DraftKings that came out of nowhere and played really well. You have... Guys like, you know, Adam Shank, who are a higher end of my tier that didn't play as well. It all evened out. I think I broke even on both of them. I'm not, you know, nothing to write home about. I know I know you had a few, a few Japanese guys, and I think all of them played pretty well, all things considered. Except for maybe, maybe one of them didn't play the best, but still finished like T30-ish. Um, which in that instance you'd take. Um... Did you, didn't you have a couple guys in the top 10, or am I mixing things up? Yeah, I'll be honest. This is going to sound really unprofessional. I was looking at um, the Shriners Children's Open notes that I had from my ah, DFS, which is go. why um, everything looked backlogged. No, yeah. Now that I go back, I had a great week. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I know you had two or three Japanese guys. They all finished in like the top 15 outside of maybe one. So I was confused, but I took your word for it. Yeah, uh, I, I had guys like... Uh, Rio, you had guys like Song, who, if you hadn't heard a song, this is why you listen to Jack, the degenerate, who watches European Tour Golf, Asian Tour Golf on silent, and bless the Golf Channel for sometimes promoting it. 
uh, because those guys crushed it, all things considered. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, for my uh, for my DraftKings and FanDuel, we were a nice winner this week. Uh, my DraftKings lineup in single entries was actually a top 50 lineup, um, and I placed first place in my double ups and all of my uh, and all of my entries for DraftKings. So this was a very good lineup. And when you look at it, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, but in both FanDuel and DraftKings, I did have Colin Morikawa, who ended up winning. Um, I also had Eric Cole in both lineups, who ended up finishing up T2. Um, and then I also had Satoshi Kodaira, who was my sleeper, who, again, I, I, I know I don't always click at the same rate as Jack, but when it comes to some of these low guys in these in these 6K ranges, I, I can hit at a pretty decent clip. And Satoshi Kodaira, T12 at, what, 6,200 on DraftKings? You're welcome. Um, but yeah, so those three really kind of carried me in both FanDuel and DraftKings and won me a nice amount of money last week. I'd love to hear it. So, all right, bets. Yes, please. Let's do it. Yeah. So started the week 6.56 units in the, it is the 2024 season. Obviously we're still in 2023, but coming into the week, 6.56 units up a couple of cash outs. And if you followed us on social media, you saw that that's why I'm factoring in might feel a little bit differently. Xander Shoffley, top 10. He was top four for 60 of the 72 hours of golf. I could have cashed out for a lot. Um, I held it thinking he was going to do awesome. Took a little bit of a nap, woke up. My cash out went from almost 2x my money to um, 0.78 units down. So I took, what does what that mass? $22 off a $100 bet. Yeah. Um, Keegan Bradley, top 20. That was a winner at plus 100. Finished 19th. No comment, uh, but one a unit. Nice one right there. Adam Shank, top 30, um, cashed out for 0.3 back. So lost 0.7 right back in the tank. Sam Ryder, top 30, 64th. Horrific. Uh, Cam Champ, top 30. I cashed out there for 0.82 back. So I lost 0.18 units. Oh, it's just awful. But here we go. Akshay Bhatia, top 30, finished 21st. That was a U. Young Hansong, top 40, plus 180. I told you guys. I told you guys to take it. Um, that was a win. Rio Hisasune, top 30, minus 110. He finished sixth. That was an easy one. Eric Cole, top 30. He finished freaking runner-up. And then Sung JM, top 20. So after all that, 3.22 units up, 9.78 units up so far in 2024. Yeah, there you go. Uh, again, Jack's got those quick trigger fingers, so he always knows when it's a good and bad time to cash out. And unfortunately, or fortunately for him, that saved him a nice amount of money this week. Uh, for my bets, I just had those four. Hideki Matsuyama, top 20, minus 140. That was a loss. He finished T54. Um, I had Ricky Fowler, top 20 at minus 125. He finished about T30. Um, I had Akshay Bhatia, T40 at minus 175. That was a nice win. Um, again, that was my, hey, I want to see Akshay play well. And uh, he played solid. So I have no complaints on that. And that's good to know that I can trust him going forward, at least a little bit. Um, then my fourth threat was Satoshi Kodaira, minus 140, or, oh, geez, top 40 at plus 140. Um, and that was a nice win as well. So I went two for four. I lost 0 0.03 units. Uh, so I basically lost $3 on, what, everything. Uh, and I'm currently uh, 2.4 units down. And so, you know, it, it, it wasn't my best week. I was hoping that the four bets would get me back towards green, but... Uh, Sorry, right, we'll take a break even a week. They're not all going to be big winners. Hey, all things considered, if you walk away, th walk away $3 down, 
on four bets, you take it. You know? Yeah, exactly. We want winners. Don't get me wrong. It's, and not everybody's going to win big. So I just got to take my uh, my little shackling here and, and get on to the next week. So uh, you want to do winners or wild picks first? Well, I'm just going to bypass my wild card. It was a playoff that looked really good come Sunday morning. <laughs> and then Morikawa just completely blew everybody out of the water, which good for him. But um, that did not happen. Yeah, no, uh, they, nobody anticipated a, what, 65 out of Morikawa on Sunday to crush the field. Um, I had Mark Hubbard top 20 at plus 225 as my wild pick. He finished T31. Um, it was kind of a middling performance from him. Nothing special, but we tried it. You have to run it every once in a while. Yeah. So, winners, how'd you do? Yeah, Eric Keegan, T19, and then Rio Hisasune, T6. So, I am content. Remember, Everybody, just going to put it out there again, because I do get it every once in a while, a Twitter DM. We are not doing pick six winners, five are in the top six of power rankings, and then one flyer. We're doing PGA Tour fantasy rules, where if you've ever played it, you basically get the same guy three times throughout a calendar year to use. So it's a little bit stressful. And I always try and just use the guy one time a year, too, which makes it a little harder. Uh, for my, yeah, exactly. My winner's pick, um, I had Hideki, which is tough because, you know, knowing what you know now, you probably end up saving him for the Sony. Uh, that's usually where he also plays really well and could have been a winner's pick. Um, he finished T51, and then I had Adam Svensson, who finished T41. So not my best winner's picks of all time, uh, but it's all right. I had, I had a streak there where I had, what, two or three straight runner-up performances. I was I was due for a little regression back to the mean, so... All right. Uh, you ready to go to Cabo? Little WWT, little Tiger Woods design, baby. Yeah, we are going to the uh, Worldwide Technology Championship. Usually no longer this, at Mayakoba. Yes, usually this course is held at Mayakoba. Um, this year it is at Cab, uh, Cabo San Lucas um, at a course that Tiger actually helped design. You're, now you're going to be like, well, why is it not in Mayakoba? That is actually going to be used as a live course now. Um, so they just had to change locations. Um, so all of your old data, because this is a brand new course on course history is, is kind of useless is the best way to describe it. Um, this is a par 72 totaling 7,450 yards. Last year's winner was Russell Henley. Um, that is not very important this year again, cause it's a whole different course. Um, again, it changed courses. Uh, the greens on this course are absolutely massive totaling approximately 8,000 square feet. There's also no rough on this course, and there's only one hole on the whole course that has water in play. So let's take this into mind. It's going to be an extremely open golf course with a lot of sand. Where's Brandon Matthews when you need him? Yeah, this is this is a good Brandon Matthews course. Uh, distance is nice, but not the most needed thing on the planet. Um, and because of the above information and the fact that we are looking at a resort course... Um, the winning score is likely going to be somewhere in the range of like minus 30. Uh, that's a very realistic option. And if somebody goes crazy, I mean, you could you could get to minus 35. That is very much in play in an in an event like this. Yeah, um, they let, me are, just, let me just say, the fact that Victor Havland is not playing in this tournament right now is the most disappointing thing in human history. This would a thousand percent be a Victor Hovland style course. Uh, last thing with these greens being as big as they are, if you're looking for some things where you're like, Hey, what about, you know, what are some of the things I'm looking for for metrics and strokes gained? 
around the green this week, like chipping is, is really not going to be that big of a stat line because these greens are so big, you know, where you'd normally miss it 10 or 15 yards to the left and be in the rough or in a bunker or green side somewhere. Uh, you're going to be on the green and have to hit an 80 foot putt instead this week. So when you're looking at models, just avoid the around the green altogether. You like driving distance. You like long iron shots. That's kind of your bread and butter. Cool. I'm cool. All right. So let's get into the DraftKings lineups here. Uh, you want to start us off with the with the first, what, five guys? Are they all looped in? Yeah, it feels like they're all looped in together. Um, so really quickly, for those who don't know, again, we're doing DraftKings DFS to start. Ludwig Auberg, Cam Young, Sahith, Steven Yeager, and Lucas Glover. So I think personally Ludwig is far and away the number one guy in terms of just all-around consistency. His scoring for the last four events has been fourth, or excuse me, five events, fourth, first, tenth, runner-up, and 13th. I would say it's pretty dang good. Yeah, uh, it's kind of nasty uh, in the sense that it's it's extremely good, and that's terrifying because I don't know if I want to get to him this week. Uh, but I understand if you do. He's going to be a great play. But I, I, I do think Ludwig is probably the top dog. It's a question of whether the, the price point works to get to him uh, when you have other options below him. Yeah, I think um, for me, the safer option of the next four guys is Sahith because he's played and played at a high level. He has the win at the Fortinet, um, top 20 in the Zozo. For me, Cam Young, statistically speaking, this is a very, very good course for him. So I know all the concern goes immediately to Cam Young, but he hasn't played golf in like, it feels like four months. And at a time before he got into the FedEx Cup playoffs, where obviously it's a limited field, he was missing cuts like wildfire. So I think this is going to be an event where the price point is, exceeds where it is to me to be safe. Now, I'm not saying he's going to play bad, but just that price point. We always talk about Cam Young being like a very risk-oriented golfer to put into your lineups. And having him be the second most expensive golfer in the field is really what kind of like hits that threshold where I have red flags in my head. Like he's, he has potential to be top five. He also has potential to be 120th because of that. And the fact that he is so expensive, it's, it's just not what I'm going for. Um, I think you're right with Sahith Tagala. Usually his biggest challenge is driving accuracy. When there's no rough in play, it's a lot easier to drive the golf ball. Um, so I think this week is a very valid week to use Sahith Tagala. Um, I'm a big fan of Steven Yeager. The last time Steven Yeager missed a cut was the RBC Heritage in April of 2023. Um, so it's been, what, seven months? Is that, is that my math? I think my math is pretty good. He also hasn't finished outside the top 40 since June 2023. Steven so, Yeager? Yeah. No, he finished 45th in the Fortnite. Is he 45th in the Fortnite? Mm-hmm. Okay. I know because right. I had him as a top 40 bet. That's the only reason I know that. Did I'm you? Not All right. All right. That's my bad then. You're right. He probably... Let me, yeah, he did finish T45 there. Outside of that, he finished top 40 everywhere else since June. Um, but again, the guy is consistent. He's got plenty of distance, and I'm a big fan of Jaeger this week. Glover scares me because his putter is not putting right now. And with eight with 8,000 square foot greens, three putt avoidance is going to be a little bit of a factor this week. I'm a little concerned that he is not going to be the hold up compared with the rest of these four. I think his price is so elevated because he obviously 
props to him won back-to-back events there's no shame in that you know i just i get scared i get yeah. scared on a guy like that yeah i mean do you have a do you have a top three that uh like that you like in that group i guess i should say is there is there not is there an order yeah well number one um let me go back one more comment about lucas glover he's 159th in strokes gain putting yeah so right there is crazy um, three putt avoidance, he's 165th in long putts, he's 328th. So, yeah, if you're taking a look at a guy where, like you'd said, 80 foot greens, terrifying. So, for me, Ludwig and Sahith are the number one and number two for me. Mm-hmm. I think, in terms of a safer play, Jaeger's the safer play, but yep. I think Cam Young has that opportunity to go boom bust a little more. So, it's it's hard for me to narrow it down to those three. I'm I'm gonna go Ludwig one, Steven two, Sahit three, and then Cam four, Glover five. So Yeah. I, I think that there's gonna be a lot of casual people on gambling, and that's what the books benefit from that see Lucas Glover and be like, Holy crap, I remember that guy won back to back events, which which again, I'm not taking anything away from him. That's too hard of a feat. I can't even put my head around but the putting stats are just atrocious, even for a lesser field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's get into this 9K range. Um, so we're going to start up top with Bo Hostler. Hey, at Bo. 90, yeah, 9,900, all the way down to Luke List at 9,000. What's piquing your interest here? Actually, a lot of guys. So <laughs> number one, Luke List. I think everyone in the world, again, is somehow forgetting that this guy won um, Sanderson. That's three events ago finished top 25 in all three events he's played this year at nine K for a guy that's done that, including a win is crazy to me. Um, I think Chris Kirk is another one of those guys that's flying under the radar because he had a little scary sketch at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, talk about a guy with just amazing proximity to the hole, really good putting and just all run. I know fairway and regs is not the biggest concern this week, but this guy's going to get in really good play. And then Thomas Dietrich, seven for seven on cuts. I know a bunch of those were world tour. Take a look at the finishes. They haven't been phenomenal, but you're taking a look at a guy that last year in some of the events he played could easily fire four 67s in a row. Yeah. If we're taking a look at that, that's 20 under. I, I don't mind those guys. Luke list is slightly concerning. Cause I think there are cheaper options that are very similar to his play style farther down the board. Um, but I understand if you want to get to it based on the fact that he won already this fall. And again, he's he's coming in on a, on a hot streak in the sense that he's playing well. Um, I think Akshay Bhatia is, is if there's any week that I'm going to follow him outside of the last couple of weeks, it's going to be this week. Um, the guy absolutely crushes resort courses. He did win Barracuda, which is a resort course last year. He also played really well at the Mexico Open last year, which is also a resort course. So I, th- it was something about this guy when he finds a resort course, all of a sudden something just clicks for him and he starts playing better. So I love Batia. Um, I am a fan of Bo Hostler. He's got back-to-back top sevens, and he was T6 at Barracuda last year. He was also T10 at the Mexico Open last year. Um, he just doesn't have the best around the green play. But again, you don't need that with Bo Hostler this week because, again, the greens are so big. Um, so that, I, I think those are probably my two top options here. Um, if you want kind of the safety play, I think Thomas Dietrich, your guy, is really a, is a good choice. He's going to get you that top 40 again. But it is a little expensive, in my opinion, considering the uh, 
the the people going around him with more win equity, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I think Big Bo is going to be one of those guys that I think a lot of people. I'll take egg on my face all day for a hook'em guy. Uh, for those who know Texas, but you know his last four finishes are 30, 28, seven, and two. He's on a freaking tear. Um, I don't know why. I'm just getting. I know we made fun of me a lot last year for that <laughs> gut feeling. Yeah. Um, and I'll own it every time. Yeah. 9,900. I just think that's a little steep, regardless of the finishes. I just think it's a little steep. I, I understand, and I I just think the way it's it's a combination of recent form plus history on this style of course that, that sticks out for me and Bo. But we'll see. Um, anybody else in this range? Any interest in what? Spawn, Svensson, Grio? Well, nah. here's the thing with Spawn. I love Spawn. I love his story. He's awesome. I bet him a lot at the beginning of the year. It was really profitable. And at the mm-hmm. end of the year, it kind of slipped out like a roller coaster fall off. But this guy's really known. Um, bogey avoidance, which doesn't necessarily translate to birdies. But this year, he has a 66, couple 67, or excuse me, a pair of 66s, pairs of 67s, pair of 68, and a pair of 69. So he has the ability, wow, ability to score. So I think he could be one of those sneaky guys, but 9,400, it's a little, little steep. Yeah. Um. Do you have a top three in this, uh, in this 9K range, or is nobody really sticking out for you? Yeah, I'll go... Um, Again, it's going to be controversial, but Luke List, number one, Chris Kirk, number two, and Thomas Dietrich, number three. Okay. All right. Ooh, Chris Kirk is such an interesting guy to me because he's got so much, like, ebbing and flowing, but he could be really good on this course, so I don't blame you. Uh, For my top three, I'm probably going Akshay, Bo Hostler. Who's my third? It's probably between Dietrich and Kirk. Um, I think I think I'd lean Dietrich, but I get it. I'm saying so, roasted me on Kirk. You better not pick him as a top three after all yeah, that. Yeah, I just have to roast you because it's my job. Um, all right, AK range. Yes, Justin saw 8900. Smaller category to Taylor Pendrith. Yeah, this is a this is going to be a really interesting week in my opinion for Taylor Pendrith. This course, like if you could really kind of pick a course that would fit Taylor Pendrith mold. This seems like the kind of course that he would really thrive at. I don't know if I can get to him, um, and I don't know if it makes sense for me to have him in lineups based on who else I have in mind, but Taylor Pendrith is going to be a very interesting guy this week. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Jack's boy, Keith Mitchell. The GOAT. Uh, yeah, so so he's the GOAT off the tee, and uh, his biggest weakness is around the green play, and you don't need that here. So I'm a big fan of Keith Mitchell um, this week. Who else did I like in this range? I didn't hate Goderup. Goderup's been crushing it on Corn Ferry Tour. This is Jack's guy more than anything. I was going to say, listen, you don't have an insight into the meetings that we have before recording this. Liam goes, who's the guy that you think may stand out this week that's a little lesser known? I go, honestly, I think Chris Goderup's stepping up. Don't, don't. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I to be fair, I, I know of Chris Goderup, and I, I've seen him play decently. On no, the no, no, it's not saying it like that. Like, you said, who's a guy that people may not be expecting to have a good week? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, that's fair. All right. Um, who do you like in this AK range? First of all, Justin Saw. Um, you know, outside of Shriners, 56th, he's at a 30, 24 in the Omega, and 10th the Zozo. I think he's really done well. At the Zozo, 
outside of Sunday, 67, 66, 68. So even if you get three rounds of that, you're averaging um, 67 or yeah, 67. So that's 15 under just right off of three rounds. So I think he has a really good shot at 8,900 to really surpass that benchmark. Um, outside of that, you could go to a cooch. I think he's going to make the cut, probably not do anything special with it. You could go at Davis Thompson, who has uh, all three top 40 finishes in his events this year. But I don't think anybody in this category outside of Sa, in my opinion, really is going to break that benchmark of maybe a top 25. That's fair. So Sa's your guy. I think Mitchell's probably my guy. Um, and we'll just kind of leave it there in the 8K range. All right. Uh, 7K range. We're starting yes. with what? Ben Griffin all the way down to Martin Laird. Sure. Well, first and foremost, um, you know, I keep my cards close to the chest until we get to bets. Ben Griffin is a guy that if I could do a max play on, I know you might see on Twitter, max play, goat, mega whale, whatever those stupid guys say. Um, This is something I would hammer. Now, prefacing, prefacing, I see his last two finishes. Let me put that out there. I understand that if there was a cut line, he would not have made it at the Zozo. And he finished barely inside the top 100 at Shriners. I think he's going to have a monster week. Number two, Cam Champ. This is probably the most mispriced uh, guy in the entire field. This guy, two events this year where he showcased a ninth and an 18th place finish. He looked unstoppable, had really good scoring, all around great game. This guy's a bomber. This course is going to be so well for him. This guy is so mispriced, it's not even funny. Yeah, with Cam Champ, don't look at it as like made and miscut um, situation because it's just going to lead you the wrong way. Uh, he's inconsistent, but he crushes on resort courses. He was T8 at the Mexico Open, T17 at Barracuda. He's got kind of high upside play that I feel like you could get with somebody like a Luke List for about half the price, it feels like. So I'm big on Cam Champ as well this week. Um, I'm also a fan of Joel Damon this week. He finished third last year at Mayakoba. He was also T40 at Corrales and T10 at Barracuda. He ranks first in the field in strokes gain total on resort courses. Now, again, it's a little skewed because there are guys with more and less rounds. Uh, but he's played plenty of rounds on those resort courses. And the fact that he's ranked first tells you kind of everything you need to know. Um, I'm also a fan of Chad Ramey. Um, he won at Corrales last year. Again, resort course. Finished T5 at Puerto Rico, another resort course. He just kind of really tends to come out of his shell on these resort-style courses. So he's another guy I'm looking into this week. Yeah, for sure. The other guy that I I would like and would target is Brandon Wu this week. Again, Mm -hmm. I'll keep some of my facts close to the chest for when we get to bets. But if you have anything to add, you are welcome to. No, um, I mean, I was a a fan of Brandon Wu. I mean, here, I'll tell you. So he can't can't put, for whatever reason, on a pass palum, which is the grass type that will be on these greens. He's elite. um, And he's done his best on – basically courses in the Caribbean. He finished third at the Mexico Open last year. Um, so I don't blame me on Brandon Wu. That was one that I was kind of looking at as well. I think an extremely sneaky play um, that could be very risky is Callum Karen. Um, again, the guy the guy is a very long ball hitter, but it's very risky. There's also Maverick McNeely at 7,500, but he is just coming back from an injury. So I would be patient with him and wait a few weeks before you really jumped into that one. Yeah, I was going to say, you took my pass. I can't talk, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Long day. Um, He's a killer on here. 
just for reference, because um, he took my stat, he is number three on strokes gained putting on past Palom um, greens. So this guy's going to be a monster. As, as long as he gets it in play and on the green, this guy's going to make up strokes in the field. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into the 6K range? Is there anybody here that's sticking out to you? Because there's really only one or two guys that I think of a chance. Yeah, I would say I'm not going to go through all the names of who I think may be good. Uh, but first and foremost, don't do Michael Block. Don't do not do it. Don't be stupid. Don't waste a guy at 6K. I know it's tempting. Everybody loves a block party. I'm a huge fan. Instead, go to the guy below him, Sebastian Vasquez. Oh. I know what you're thinking, Jack. He's 1,258th in the OWGR, and he's 31 years old. But let me read you his last seven finishes. Granted, all in the Mexican tour. Third, eighth, 11th, ninth, fourth, one miscut, and a fifth. And at Vedanta, he finished T55. So it's proven that he can make these numbers on a PGA Tour. I know it's in Mexico, and he's playing on the Mexican Tour. But I think on a resort course like this, a lot of familiarity to the area, what the grass plays, the resort-style courses of Mexico. I think at 6K, this guy has an extremely good chance to make a cut. I really do. Yeah, um, I'm. I like one name in the 6K range, and I think he's way mispriced. Uh, Kelly Kraft at 6,800. He's got five straight top 40s on the PGA Tour. He also loves resort courses and finished T15 at Corrales last year. Um, I think he's potentially one of the bigger guys that was mispriced. You could put him at 7,100. Um, two weeks ago at Zozo, he was ranked at 6,300. So he just keeps moving on up. Um, the price point numbers because he keeps on basically improving on his score, improving betters wrong. The other guy I don't hate is if you want to go back to Ishikawa. Rio, yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. That's that's probably Jack's boy more than anything else. But again, that's more of just a recent form play, in my opinion. Um, is there anybody else that sticks out to you? I was going to say Rio was the guy that I had in my one of my lineups for a little bit of time. Um, can't say he rounded another Japanese player outside of round number one, where I think he was just nervous beyond belief. Three final rounds in the 60s, including a 66 on Sunday when the weather was really good. 6,600, I think a guy can maybe make the cut. And again, under 7,500 or right around there for me, you make the cut, you're in my good graces. So There you go. All right, you want to get into the, uh, the FanDuel and DraftKings lineups here? Yes, so my DraftKings lineup for the week, I went to Ludwig, 11,200, I think, this is one of those weeks where you kind of have to bite the bullet and get one of those top guys. Cause I think one of them is going to win. Um, secondly, I did go Justin. Sell like I talked about 8,900 Matt Kuchar, 8,700 cam champ, just horrifically mispriced 7,800. You take a look at his average fantasy score per round better than Ludwig Auburn. There's it. There you go. Um, then I went to Brandon Wu 7,300 and Sebastian Vasquez at 6k. There you go. Little, little six, little 6K money that you're betting on right there. Uh, for my DraftKings, I'm starting off with Steven Yeager, 10,200. Second, give me Akshay Bhatia at 9,200. Third, give me Keith Mitchell at 8,800. Fourth, give me Joel Damon at 7,400. Fifth, give me Chad Ramey at 7,400. And sixth, give me Kelly Craft at 6,800. There you go. I think it's a consistent play. I don't think it's getting fancy, but the goal is six for six on made cuts. Yeah, now for the record, um, FanDuel is currently down with all DFS plays, so I do not have a FanDuel lineup as of now, but 
I know Liam does, so he can take his away. Yeah, I managed to sneak in this morning before FanDuel just decided it was going to basically shut down everything under the sun. Um, so my FanDuel lineup is Steven Yeager, 11,400. Bo Hostler, 10,900. Keith Mitchell, 10,400. Akshay Bhatia, 10,300. Joel Damon, 9,200. And Kelly Kraft, 7,600. So basically the same lineup, but you take Bo Hostler instead of, uh, shoot, who did I switch out? Ramey? Yeah, Ramey. So, all right, that's. Here's what we're here for, at least <laughs> me. Um, number one, I think this is horrifically mispriced. This is a little made cut parlay. Number one, Ludwig Aubrey, six for six in the 24 campaign and eight of nine in 2023, um, combined with Justin Suh, who is 27 of 33 and 23 and four for four in the 2024. Last but not least, Matt Kuchar, three for three in 24 and 18 to 25 in 23. But as we know, he does really well on resort courses and a lot of open play. So that made cut number is a ridiculous plus 106. Whoa. Yeah. I think it's horrifically mispriced. Made cut numbers and all those guys are an extremely high percentage. I think that's just a really good play all around. Number two, which is an awesome one for me, Ludwig Auberg, top 20, minus 165. Yes, um, five for six already this year with the average placement being 20th. If you take away the one where he finished outside of 20th, his average placement sixth. So he's been really good. Um, In the three events that he did not um, qualify for the top 20 number, three of them were top 25. So he missed the number just a couple times. Sahith Igala top 20 is minus 120. uh, Excuse me, minus 105. I have my numbers over here. Um, In 2024, um, he's two for two on the hit rate. Average placement of 10th, including a win. And he hit 13 times last year. Chris Kirk, top 40 in ties, is minus 160. Um, hit 11 times in 2023, including four in his last six. 30th in strokes gained total and 47th in scoring average. Adjusted to the um, actual field, it's more like the top 10. Davis Riley, top 40. This is a really good number for me, minus 125. As we know, last year when we talked about Davis Riley, we said birdie, 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 this guy can score. He hit um, two or three already this year on this number, and he hit 12 times in 2023. He has the number one strokes game in the past Palom grass putting, and he's in top 30 in par four birdie or better average. And as we know, if you can score on par fours, you're going to win tournaments. Ben Griffin, top 40, is minus 130. Now, again, I know he's only hit one of three, and the yeah. two he missed were like 90th. Um, he hit 17 times in 2023, number two in strokes gained in past Palom putting, and he's top 45 in both strokes gained total and total birdie percentage. So I think if those opportunities present themselves, that putter's just going to keep that bogeys away and keep the birdies up. Brandon Wu, top 40, is plus 110. Um, I really like that. Um, he's not hit in either event this year, but they were not his course fits like this one is. Yes. Hit 12 times in 2023, number three in strokes gained past Pelham, and he's 54th in total birdie percentage. Cam Champ, top 40, minus 125. Hit in two of four easily, performs extremely well in these low-scoring events. And he's ninth and 18th in placement on past Palom Grass, even last year. Lucas top 40, is minus 160. He's three for three on this so far, including a win. And he hit 13 times last year. And last but not least, Thomas Dietrich, 32nd or better at minus 120. He's 7%, or excuse me, 7 for 7 on cuts. Hit three times um, 
and the only times he really missed in that 32nd were 33rd and 35th. Right around those numbers, adjust the field he's hitting this. There you go. Yeah, Jack Jack gave you a ton of information there. Um, as far as my bets go, I'm just sticking with three this week. And they're all guys I've, I've really kind of already talked about and told you why I like them. So I'm just going to rattle them off real quick. Um, Akshay Bhatia, top 30, plus 110. Bo Hostler, top 20, plus 140. Chris up top 40, minus 115. So we got three names that I feel really good there. Um, and I just hope all of them can hit so that way I can go into the positives. There you go. All right. Winners or wildcard picks first? Let's do wildcards. I always get excited about wildcards. I genuinely think this one is going to hit. Yours Justin Suh. Oh, I guess I already spoke. <laughs> Justin Suh, top 20 in round one scoring at plus 360. He's 19th in round one scoring across all the PGA Tour with an average of 69.25. He's number three adjusted in the field. I think with the scoring opportunities this resort course has, I think we're probably looking at somewhere between a 67 and a 69, which should put him in the top 20. There you go. Uh, for my wildcard pick, I have Cameron Champ, top 20 at plus 220. Uh, Jack's already kind of talked about him a ton, but again, this is a course. If there's any course that he's going to do well on. So I want I want a little bit of action in him, just not the full confidence to to put it in as a full bet. Fair Winner's enough. picks? Yeah, I want Levick. I want it. I think this is going to be the week we see a trophy raise. I think he's confident. He's had the Ryder Cup. He's played a couple events. I think he's really coming into his game, really confident, not really going for those gunslingers. And I think he's going to have a really good shot. And then I went Luke List. This is a form one. I think he's going to get some really good opportunities for some birdies to go down. And if that putter holds hot, I think we're going to see him in the leaderboard come Sunday. There you go. Um, I like Ludwig, but I, I, I have him winning. He's going to win somewhere like John Deere or like, or like Barracuda or something like that. I feel like that'll be his first win. Uh, for my winner's picks, I'm going with Akshay Bhatia and Cameron Champ. Again, we I've talked about them plenty, um, so I won't continue to bore you guys with that, but I think they both have really high upside opportunity to play well, and this course basically fits both of their molds to a T. Uh, so I think they're going to absolutely crush it this week. I love it. I'm so excited. All right. Um, I mean, that's it. We, we will leave you guys to it. Safe betting. Um, outside of that, we will see you next week at the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Where Have a good one. may win. Bye. Ooh, doses.